Good morning, everyone. Happy Sabbath to you. Happy Sabbath. Feliz Sabado. El Dia de Reposo, the day of rest. This is Sacrificial Lamb Ministries. The date is June 20th, 2020. My name is Pastor Vince Wilson, and I'm so glad that you're with us today. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come together once again on your Holy Sabbath day. You brought us through another week. We may have had some challenges, some trials, some tribulations this week, but Father God, we thank you so much that you brought us through. Thank you that we can come together on your holy, beautiful Sabbath day. May everything that we say, everything that we do, this morning and this afternoon, be to your name's honor and glory. For those who are on the line right now, I pray that each and every person will receive a special blessing. For those who are yet to come on the line, I pray that they will come on the line very soon so that they will receive a special blessing as well. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Our opening song for this morning, as usual, is Don't Forget the Sabbath. As we just said, as I've just said, the, uh, today is the Holy Sabbath day. We don't want to forget the Sabbath, as the song says. Song number 76, Don't Forget the Sabbath. We sing the song every Sabbath at the beginning of our service. Number 76. Don't forget the Sabbath. The Lord our God hath blessed of all the wheat the brightest, of all the wheat the best. It brings repose from labor, it tells of joy divine. It seems of life descending with heavenly beauty shine. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Keep the Sabbath holy and worship him today. Who said to his disciples, I am the living way. And if we need, we follow our Savior here below. He'll give us of the fountain whose things eternal flow. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Day of sacred pleasure, his golden eyes will stand. And thankful hymns to Jesus, the children's dearest friend. O oh, gentle love and Savior, how good and kind thou art. How precious is thy promise to dwell in every heart. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Welcome, welcome, ever welcome, blessed Sabbath day. Amen, amen, amen. Welcome, 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 ever welcome. 
Let's get Saturday. My friends, just like the song says, we welcome the Holy Sabbath day. It's holy time, my friends. It is holy time until sunset this evening. Until the sun sets this evening, it is holy time. Our special day with the Lord. Don't forget the Sabbath. Our next song is a song that we have not heard uh, together as a congregation. It is a song called Sabado Santo, or Holy Sabbath. It's number 537, and I'm going to do something different uh, this morning. I am going to play the recording of the song Sabado Santo. Please listen and be blessed.
Amen. Amen. Sabado Santo. I hope you all were able to hear that well. I hope you all could hear that clearly. Nope. And, uh, no? No. Mm-mm. Didn't hear it. Okay. Who was that? Is that Pat? Um, this is, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I will play it again at another time. Okay, um, is your phone on mute? Hold on. Sabado Santo. Amen. Amen. We also have an affirmation of faith here at Sacrificial Land Ministries. I'm going to ask Sister Aurora to help me with the verses here for our affirmation of faith. Our affirmation of faith comes from Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, and Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14. First, we will read Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Sister Aurora, when you have found Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, please say amen. 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 Thank you. I will read in English, and Sister Aurora will read in Spanish. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Amen. Sister Aurora. Acuérdate del día de reposo para santificarlo. Seis días trabajarás y harás toda tu obra. Mas el séptimo día es reposo para Jehová tu Dios. No hagas en él obra alguna. Tú, ni tu hijo, ni tu hija, ni tu siervo, ni tu criada, ni tu bestia, ni tu extranjero que está dentro de tus puertas. Porque en seis días hizo Jehová los cielos y la tierra, el mar y todas las cosas que en ellos hay. Y reposó en el séptimo día. Por tanto, Jehová bendijo el día de reposo y lo santificó. Amén. Amén. Next, we will read from Isaiah 58, 13 and 14. Sister, let me know when you're ready. Amén. Isaiah 58, 13 and 14 says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken. 
Amen. Si retrajeres del día de reposo tu pie de hacer tu voluntad en el día santo y lo llamares delicia, santo, glorioso de Jehová y lo venerares, no andando en tus propios caminos, ni buscando tu voluntad, ni hablando tus propias palabras. Entonces te deleitarás en Jehová y yo te haré subir sobre las alturas de la tierra y te daré a comer la heredad de Jacob tu padre, porque la boca de Jehová lo ha hablado. Amén. Amen. Thank you, sister. We also have a memory verse here at Sacrificial Land Memories. Here at Sacrificial Land Ministries. Our memory verse comes from 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Again, I will read in English and then Sister Roar will read in Spanish. Sister Roar, when you're ready, please say amen. Amen. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Procura con diligencia presentarte a Dios aprobado, como obrero que no tiene de qué avergonzarse, Se usa bien la palabra de verdad. Amén. Amén. Thank you. My friends, it is so very important that we study God's word uh, diligently, that we rightly divide the word of truth. My friends, there are just so many uh, understandings, if you will, about the word of God. Uh, much of it is because many people are simply not rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, we can have uh, two people in the same church sitting on the same pew, and they may have two entirely different understandings about a particular verse or a particular uh, parable in the Bible or whatever the case may be. But the Bible says that we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God. We are to be a diligent and obedient students of the Word of God. We're not to be ashamed of the, of the Word of God, as it says here. We are to rightly divide the Word of truth. Also, if I may add, there are times where we may need others to explain the Word of God to us. Sometimes we get into a bubble or a vacuum to where we, you know, we may read the Word of God, we may study the Word of God, and we may assume or think that we have a clear understanding of what we've read or studied. But sometimes God will send someone else. Someone else will come along and help us understand what we've already read or studied. Uh, let's take the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts. One of my favorite examples, one of my favorite stories. The Ethiopian eunuch was found studying the word of God. Yes, he was diligent. He was studying. He was studying to show himself approved. But Philip came along and asked him simply, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch basically said, no, I do not understand 
I need someone to explain it to me. So Philip uh, proceeded to explain the word of God, and as the Bible says, he preached unto him Jesus. And as at that point, the Holy Spirit um, convicted the unit's heart. He was ready for baptism. And if you read the entirety of the story, you will understand and you will know what happens thereafter. But my point is, God sent Philip. He didn't know, uh, Philip did not know he was going to meet the eunuch, but Philip was open to wherever God sent him. Uh, the Bible says the angel of the Lord sent Philip to a specific place. There he found the, the Ethiopian eunuch studying the word, and the Ethiopian eunuch in turn was open to receive instruction from God from the Holy Spirit through Philip. So 2 Timothy 2.15 is very, very close and dear to our hearts here at Sacrificial Land Ministries. Once again, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again, my friends. This is Sacrificial Land Ministries. My name is Pastor Vince Wilson. I'm so glad that you are here on the line with us today. It is June 20th, 2020. And when I looked at the calendar this morning, I saw that it's the first day of summer. It is the first day of summer here, and we're just loving it. I'm looking outside my office, uh, my home office, if you will, the sun is bright. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It is holy time. It is the holy Sabbath day. At this time, I just want to share a few thoughts with you, some announcements, some things that you should know about. If you do not follow us on Facebook, I pray that you do. There, uh, we post updates and just, you know, just, just to stay engaged with you as to what's going on here in the ministry, those things that God is doing uh, uh, for us and through us. One of the things I want to let you know about is uh, we usually meet at, um, at the Rowan Public Library in Salisbury. And, of course, because of COVID-19, we have not been meeting there for the past few months. And um, I got a notice yesterday um, from the library that the meeting rooms that we use will be closed through um, September 12th. The meeting rooms will be closed through September 12th. And we'll see um, if God is going to allow those rooms to be open after September 12th. But just so you know, we will not meet there until those rooms reopen, of course. And we're told that the rooms will be closed through September 12th. Um, uh, the donations. Your financial support as well as your prayers are always welcome. It takes money to run a ministry. I don't think I have to tell you that. Um, so anything that you can uh, donate to this ministry will be greatly appreciated. And if you are, I encourage you to give Cash App because that's how we receive our donations. Or really, that's one of the way, that's one of the ways we receive donations from you. So Cash App, through Cash App. 
It's a dollar sign. S is in Sam, L is in Larry, M is in Mary, Salisbury. Again, dollar sign, S-L-M Salisbury is how you can give to us through Cash App. Someone once said that salvation is free, but ministry is expensive. Or um, another version says that salvation is free or the gospel is free, and it takes money to run a ministry. But I'm sure you get the point. We need your financial support. Anything you give will help. I've said this before. I've said this publicly. I'm not one of those pastors that's trying to uh, drain your pockets or ask you to, you know, to give your last $5 or anything of that nature. But, um, you know, God is looking for all of us to, uh, this is his ministry. This is not my ministry. This is his ministry. And uh, it does take uh, um, some finances to keep this ministry going. So, again, anything that you can give will be greatly appreciated. Also, for prayer requests, we have another email here that we accept prayer requests. Um, as a matter of fact, I have a, um, a printer by my desk here. So, if you have any uh, prayer requests that you'd like to send to us, uh, 24-7, 365. The email address is etcr87ivek67 at hpeprint.com. Once again, that's E as in Edward, T as in Tom, C as in Charles, R as in Robert, the number 87. I is in India, V is in Vincent, E as in Edward, K as in King, the number six seven at H Harry T Paul E Edward T Paul R Robert I India N Nancy T Tom dot com H T E Print dot com. So when you send your prayer requests as an email, uh, they'll come to my desk here, and um, I will make sure that you're uh, that your prayer requests are answered, or in other words, that um, I will, uh, will receive your prayer requests and that I will uh, bring them before the Lord, and the Lord will see them as they come in anyway, but I will bring your requests to the Lord. At this time, we will have our health talk. Our health talk is something that we do every week, and we try to do every week here at Sacrificial Land Ministries. Here at Sacrificial Land Ministries, not only do we care about your spiritual health, we also care about your physical health as well as your mental health. So our discussion today for our health talk will be about obesity. Our topic will be obesity. Obesity is something that is discussed in the medical community, in the health community, um, often, very often, and we're going to learn today, if we don't already know, or we're going to review some things about obesity that are very important to our health, again, to our mental health, uh, not only our physical health, but to our mental health, our emotional health, and things of that nature. As always, I always use as a reference, I use the book, 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life, again, 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life. 
a manual for a healthy lifestyle. And the author is Dr. Jorge Alberto Gonzalez. Again, our topic is obesity. And it's a very long section, but I just uh, picked some, uh, some paragraphs out of it um, that I thought would be uh, very um, appropriate for our, for our service today. Usually our health talks, we try to keep our health talks within, say, five to ten minutes max. So I pray that this information will be uh, beneficial for you. Overweight and obesity are known enemies of health, it says. It says obese persons account for a higher incidence of certain disease, particularly chronic disease, such as high blood pressure, metabolic syndrome, osteoarthritis, gout, uh, gallbladder stones, cancer, reflux, and many cardiovascular diseases. It also says that obesity is considered to be a chronic disease by the World Health Organization. Highlighting its Western uh, prevalence, it can be said that it is one of the major problems affecting public safety. Again, we're speaking about obesity this morning. It also says, heavier weight, shorter life. It says obesity or overweight almost always impacts people's emotional health and generates altered states such as uh, depression, anxiety, uh, chronic stress, compulsive behavior, low self-esteem, and other changes. It says you are considered to be overweight when your weight exceeds uh, between 10 and 19% of your normal or ideal weight. If excess is higher than 20%, you are considered to be obese. Again, if excess is higher than 20%, you are considered to be obese. Um, I know when I was in the military, and I, I assume they still do this, whenever we go uh, through our physicals and we get weighed and so forth, they always want to check, um, you know, how much you know weight we have, of course. There's something called your BMI, which is your body mass index, and there's a certain calculation that they use to measure your body mass index. And if our body mass index is, um, you know, is abnormal or it's, you know, it's higher than normal, uh, uh, then, you know, that can affect us uh, getting promoted or, you know, just, or just doing our jobs overall. So it's important that we, um, you know, just keep in mind that, Yes, we may be obese or, or we may be considered obese, but there's other factors that go into measuring how obese we may be. And the, uh, the body mass index, as I said, is one way to measure obesity. Now, here's some, here's some practical tips for us to help us deal with obesity. The book lists 27 habits to get rid of obesity. Again, 27 habits to get rid of obesity. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to start with number one. It says, always remember that a balance should exist between consumed and used calories. There should be a balance between consumed and used calories. Number two, set meal times and keep them. 
So if you have a certain time that you're going to have your meals, it's saying that you should keep those specific times that you've set. It says do not snack between meals. I know that's hard for some of us to do. Maybe we've had breakfast or lunch, whatever the case may be, and we're snacking in between. Um, I know that's something I'm guilty of sometimes, especially when I'm at work. Um, you know, I've had breakfast maybe before I left the house, and it's not even lunchtime yet, and I'm snacking on something to help me to get through the rest of the morning. But it's saying do not snack between meals. And really, if, you, if we're going to snack between meals, it should be a healthy snack anyway. It shouldn't be anything like junk food or whatever. So if we're going to snack between meals, it should be something healthy. Amen? It says we should eat slowly and chew thoroughly. Eat slowly and chew thoroughly. Uh, that's something that I've gotten better with over the years. I mean, most of the jobs I've had, um, I was always in a rush, always had to rush and eat, you know, whether I was in the military or uh, when I worked in the healthcare field. You know, we had very limited time to, as a seemed, to eat our meals, so um, it was very uh, difficult for me to eat slowly and chew thoroughly, but this is another uh, habit to get rid of obesity. Number five, uh, do not skip breakfast. Keep in mind that it is the most important meal of the day. Do not skip breakfast. Number six, be selective of food uh, quality and observe quantity. Number seven, add a good supply of fiber to the diet. It is highly beneficial. Number eight, be highly disciplined or moderate with the intake of fats. It says that they supply nine calories per gram. Number nine, reduce animal-based foods, and uh, these are always uh, saturated fats, it says. Number ten, uh, develop a physical activity routine and follow it. Number 11, drink a lot of water. Again, drink a lot of water, always after meals. Uh, we really don't want to drink a lot or, or drink at all during our meals because uh, if we drink while we eat our meals, uh, it tends to make us feel bloated. So it's, it's more beneficial if we do not drink anything. Uh, ideally, it should be water, but it says to always drink after meals. Number 12, avoid self-prescription of any medication. Do not take anything that has not been prescribed by the professional. Number 13, acknowledge that a lifelong plan is being created and turn it into a goal. Number 14, avoid commitments that would break the plan, such as invitations, parties, celebrations, etc. So we want to stay disciplined, we want to be disciplined, and we want to um, avoid anything that's going to break the plan that we've set for ourselves. Number 15, eliminate soft drinks, refreshments, and candies from the diet. Number 16, reduce or eliminate baked breads or pastries from our diet. Number 17, permanently remove sugar consumption since it does not contain any nutritional value and supplies only empty calories. So sugar has no nutritional value whatsoever, as it says here. Uh, number 18, uh, periodically submit to laboratory tests for monitoring of your metabolism, especially for fats and, of course, uh, glycemia. So, for example, uh, having blood tests done, um, 
uh, you know, to check for our, uh, our sugar levels uh, uh, or uh, the glucose levels in our blood and things of that nature. Number 19, also undergo uh, endocrinological monitoring, uh, which is particularly for thyroid function. Number 20, avoid eating overly processed foods. We hear that a lot lately. Avoiding uh, processed foods, but it says here overly processed foods. Number 21, suppress alcohol consumption since in addition to being harmful to health, it contains a high caloric value. Again, suppress alcohol consumption. Number 22, do not keep in the refrigerator or pantry items that, uh, that represent temptations during situations of no self-control. Anything, uh, I'm thinking what they would mean by that. Junk food uh, comes to mind for me. Number 23, watch less television. Just besides being a sedentary activity, it gives way to snacking while eating. Number 24, if your excess weight is considerable, uh, do not make plans to obtain quick results. A plan for losing weight should be gradual, consistent, and always followed by plans for maintaining weight once balance is obtained. Number 25, exercise self-control and do not devise the usual excuses, such as weekend parties, etc. Number 26, let your family, friends, and people around you know that you have set a weight reduction goal. It will serve as extra monitoring and additional help. In other words, accountability is the word that comes to mind for me. We all need to be accountable to someone, whether it's a family member, a friend, a coworker, whomever, to help us to stay on track um, when it comes to our goals to lose weight and so forth. And number 27, it says here, going to a buffet or all-you-can-eat restaurants can be dangerous dangerous for your weight, that is. Since there are many varieties of large and large quantities of high fatty content processed foods, they are highly tempting and tend to be included in the same price. So those are 27 habits to help us to get rid of obesity. I pray that this information I shared with you today will be a blessing to you. And this is something that Obviously, it's going to take some work, some dedication, and some discipline on our part. But God has given us this information for our benefit. And again, here at Sacrificial Land Ministries, we share this information because not only do we care about your physical health, but your spiritual health, uh, your mental health, and your emotional health. Amen. Our next song, A Shelter in the time of storm. Many of us have gone through some storms. Many of us have gone through storms right now. But who is our shelter in the time of storm? Our shelter is Jesus. This is a song that we love to sing here, Sacrificial Land Ministries. If you know the song, you're welcome to sing with me, A Shelter in the Time of Storm. The Lord's our rock. In him we hide a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever may be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. 
Mighty rock, here we relent, cooling shade on the burning sand. Faithful guide for the pilgrim band, a shelter in the time of storm. A shade by day, defense by night, a shelter in the time of storm. No fears alarm. No foes of fight, a shelter in the time of storm. Mighty rock in a weary land, cooling shade on the burning sand. Faithful guide for the pilgrim band, a shelter in the time of storm. The raging floods may round us deep. A shelter in the time of storm. We find in God a safe retreat. A shelter in the time of storm. Mighty rock in a weary land. Cooling shade on the burning sand. Faithful guide for the pilgrim band. A shelter in the time of storm. O rock divine, O refuge dear, A shelter in the time of storm. Be thou our helper ever near, A shelter in the time of storm. Mighty rock in a weary land, Cooling shade on the burning sand. Faithful guide for the pilgrim man. A shelter in the time of storm. Amen. I love that song. A shelter in the time of storm. What are you going through right now? What storms or storm are you going through right now? Have you called on the name of Jesus to help you in that storm? Or are you trying to save yourself? Are you frantically trying to save yourself in the storm? Now think about the story of Jesus. He was in the boat with the disciples. The disciples spent the entire day with him. As he, he preached, he taught, they learned directly from him. And then they get into the boat. And, you know, we know the story. Jesus goes to sleep in, uh, in the boat, and the storms come. The waters, the waves are crashing against the boat. They're frantically trying to save themselves. And then they call on the name of Jesus. And Jesus, what does he do? You know the story. He stands up. He calms the waves. He calms the seas. And he says simply, peace, be still. Peace, be still. I love that story. When I think about the storms that I have gone through, the storms that I'm going through right now as we speak, I always... Uh, reflect on that story, and it reminds me that whenever I'm going through something, to call on the name of Jesus. He is our mighty rock. He is a shelter in the time of storm. Amen. Next is our is our prayer time, uh, our prayer and praise. This is your opportunity to share with us, if you'd like, how the Lord has blessed you this week, any testimony that you want to share with us, or any uh, prayer requests. 
Um, please take your phone off mute while you speak, and that way we can all hear your testimony or your prayer request. After we take the prayer requests and testimonies, I will ask Marvin to pray first, and then I will end with prayer. Are there any testimonies or prayer requests at this time? I have a request for um, Miss Rosalind Greenway. She's confined to her home due to a back issue. And I would like a prayer for all those people that are confined in hospitals and rehabilitation centers and that they could be visited. Amen. Thank you, John. We have another. I have a prayer request. I'd like a prayer for my grandmother and my dad. I've shared this before, so some of you have heard this already. But um, my dad had surgery a couple months ago, a few months ago. They removed a uh, cancerous tumor from his small intestine. He seems to be recovering well at this time. Uh, recently, there are some things that you know, have come up where he's had to go into the hospital and overnight observation and things of that nature. But he seems to be doing well at this time. Uh, my grandmother... Uh, yes, she is 95 years young, 95 years young, and of course she has her list of health issues, but I just pray that um, the Lord will continue to bless her and keep her. She's a, she's a fighter, and, um, you know, he has, he's brought her a mighty long way. So I just want to lift my dad and my grandmother up in prayer at this time. Do we have anyone else? There is no one else. Marvin, if you're ready, will you please pray for us, uh, with us first, and then I will end with prayer. Dear God, we just come to thank you for our, all your blessing by the people around us who have put in our way for a reason. Thanks for the life of Samantha Hens, who is a grateful woman, wonderful woman with a very hard to help others, which took an excellent example from her mother. Thank you also for Jose Pedro Perez, which is in Cabarrus County Jail, learning about his own liberty, understanding that your that your love cover all spaces in this world, being sure that as he prays to you, who will hear it. Thank you for the life of all my brothers who are attending this service today and all the rest who obey your commandments including our pastor Vince Wilson and my own family. We are waiting for your second coming and we're ready for any decision you take for us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that we're able to come together on your Holy Sabbath day. You brought us through another week. Thank you so much. We may have had some trials and tribulations this week, but thank you for bringing us through. You are our shelter in the time of storm. We thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing right now. And we thank you for what you're going to do. Father, you have heard of the prayers of your people. I pray that you would touch each and every person on the line today and their families in a special way. I pray that those who are sick and shut in, I pray that you will provide uh, comfort for them. Uh, I pray that your Holy Spirit will uh, will be with them so they do not feel alone. Of course, with this COVID-19 virus, there are many who are not able to get out uh, physically. Or they don't, you know, they just can't get out of the house. Uh, they feel alone right now. Uh, they feel secluded. But Father God, may your Holy Spirit be with each and every person. I continue to pray for uh, for my family. Get my family up in prayer as well. Especially my grandmother, my dad, as well as my mom, who's helping to keep uh, care of both of them. And uh, I pray you to the strength as well. Also, Father God, you've heard of the prayer of Marvin and his family for, for the incarcerated and for others that we mentioned. I pray that you will be with each and every one of them in a special way. Father God, you have blessed us so much. You have blessed us in so many ways. And we just want to say thank you. We just can't, we just can't say thank you enough. So... In advance, we thank you for what you're going to do. We don't know what you're going to do yet. But we thank you in advance for those many blessings that are yet to come. Father God, I pray that your your holy hands, you are sovereign, you are loving. I pray that your hands will heal our land right now, Father. It goes without saying that there's so much going in our uh, there's so much going on in our world right now. And we know that in control, and only you can deal with the stuff that is happening in our world today. Father God, for everyone that has lost their lives through the uh, violence, uh, turmoil, through COVID-19, everything that's going on in our world right now, I pray that you will do with their families in a special way. Uh, uh, provide comfort and healing for them. No, it's not easy to lose a loved one, but pray that you will continue to be with each one of those people, each one of those families in a special way. Once again, Father, we pray that you will heal our land. In the mighty name of Jesus, that we lift these prayers up to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our message for today comes from, once again, from the book Maranatha, which means the Lord is coming. This is something that I preach on every week. This is the mission of Sacrificial Land Ministries. Our mission is simply to prepare everyone for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So once again, our message for today 
we will use as a foundation Maranatha, the Lord is coming. But before I go any further, let me have a word of prayer. Father God, thank you so much for this chance once again to speak from your sacred desk. Please put your words into my mouth. I pray that the words I speak will be from you. May everyone receive a special blessing from this message. Father, let nothing distract or block this message from going forward. And those who are on the other end listening, I pray that nothing will distract them and keep them from receiving this message today. In Jesus' name I pray. Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Our message today is entitled, Symbolism of the Three Angels' Messages. Again, Symbolism of the Three Angels' Messages. Our text comes from the book of Malachi. Malachi, chapter 4. And verse 5. Malachi 4 and verse 5. I'm going to ask Sister Laura to help me with that. Sister Laura, if you'll please find uh, uh, Malachias. Malachias 4 5. If you will please read in Spanish and I will read in English. When you find it, please say amen. Amen. Okay, sister, please read. He aquí yo os envío el profeta Elías antes que venga el día de Jehová grande y terrible. Amen. Amen. Malachi 4, 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Again, symbolism of the three angels' messages, and we just read from the book of Malachi, chapter 4, and verse 5. This is what the spirit of prophecy says. To prepare people to stand in the day of God, a great work of reform was to be accomplished by the Advent movement. God saw that many of his professed people were not building for eternity. And in his mercy, he was about to send a message of warning to rouse them from their stupor and lead them to make ready for the coming of the Lord. This warning is brought to you in Revelation 14. Here is a threefold message represented as proclaimed by heavenly beings and immediately followed by the coming of the Son of Man to reap the harvest of the earth. The angels are represented as flying in the midst of heaven, proclaiming to the world a message of warning and having a direct bearing upon the people living in the last days of this earth's history. No one hears the voice of these angels, for they are a symbol to represent the people of God who are working in harmony with the universe of heaven. The three angels' messages are to be combined giving their threefold light to the world. In the Revelation, John says, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, 
and the earth was lightened with his glory. This represents the giving of the last and threefold message of warning to the world. Revelation 18 points to the time when, as a result of rejecting the threefold warning of Revelation 14, 6-12, the church will have fully reached the condition foretold by the second angel, and the people of God still in Babylon will be called upon to separate from their from her communion. This message is the last that will, that will ever be given to the world, and it will accomplish its work. When those that believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness, and that comes from Second I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians two and twelve, shall be left to receive strong delusion and to believe a lie. Then the light of truth will shine upon all whose hearts are open to receive it. And all the children of the Lord that remain in Babylon will heed the call. Come out of her, my people. And that is Revelation 18.4. My friends, the message is clear. God has a people, a people who are to let the world know that Jesus is coming soon. And the three angels' messages are very powerful. And in the three angels' messages, as we will see just a little closer in just a few minutes, how important the three angels' messages are to prepare others for Jesus' second coming. Some of you have been to Sacrificial Lamb Ministries uh, when we were still meeting in the library. And some of you who are on the line right now have received a copy of our mission statement, or you know, you, uh, you received the program, and within the program is a um, is our mission statement. And uh, just in case you haven't seen it in a while or whatever, I'm going to read just a portion of what our mission statement is, and you'll understand better what our mission is and how it ties into our message for today, as well as the religious messages specifically. And this is a little bit of information about sacrificial land ministries. It focuses on health evangelism, and it is committed to proclaiming the three angels' messages. Again, found in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 to 12, in connection with health reform and the great controversy between Christ and Satan, as it is explained in Revelation. God God clearly gives us counsel on health reform through the three angels' messages in Revelation 14.7, 14.8, and 14.9-12. When we study these particular verses, we will understand how health reform and the gospel are connected. Furthermore, we will understand how critical it is to have our minds and bodies in harmony with God and to follow the commands of the three angels' messages to be able to make right choices and to withstand the final events as they are explained in the book of Revelation. In summary, our mission is to prepare everyone for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So once again, I just read to you uh, basically what our mission statement is here at Sacrificial Land Ministry. Our mission is biblical. It is ordained by God and our focus 
is on the second coming of, of Jesus Christ through those messages as found in the book of Revelation. We just read a very uh, powerful uh, message from the Spirit of Prophecy. Again, it's titled Symbolism of the Three Angels' Messages. So now let's just dig a little deeper into uh, the Three Angels' Messages and what those messages are. But first, I want to take a look at some of the, uh, of the Bible verses that were brought out uh, from the Spirit of Prophecy here. Uh, let's go to, if you will, if you have your Bibles in front of you, let's turn to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 14, and we're going to read Revelation 14, 6 through 12. Sister, um, Sister Aurora, if you'll please turn there with me. I'm going to ask you to read Revelation or um, Apocalypses 14, verses 6 through 12. When you have found it, please say amen. Amen. And uh, please, I'm sorry, uh, please read 6 through 15, not 6 through 12. Please read 6 through 15. Vi volar por en medio del cielo a otro ángel que tenía el evangelio eterno para predicarlo a los moradores de la tierra, a toda nación, tribu, lengua y pueblo, diciendo a gran voz, temed a Dios y dadle gloria, porque la hora de su juicio ha llegado, y adorad a aquel que hizo el cielo y la tierra, el mar y las fuentes de las aguas. Otro ángel le siguió diciendo, ha caído, ha caído Babilonia, la gran ciudad, porque ha hecho beber a todas las naciones del vino del furor de su fornicación. Y el tercer ángel lo siguió diciendo a gran voz, si alguno adora a la bestia y a su imagen y recibe la marca en su frente o en su mano, él también beberá del vino de la ira de Dios, que ha sido vaciado puro en el cáliz de su ira y será atormentado con fuego y azufre delante de los santos ángeles y del cordero. Y el humo de su tormento sube por los siglos de los siglos, y no tienen reposo de día ni de noche los que adoran a la bestia y a su imagen, ni nadie que reciba la marca de su nombre. Aquí está la paciencia de los santos, los que guardan los mandamientos de Dios y la fe de Jesús, Oí una voz que desde el cielo me decía, escribe, bienaventurados de aquí en adelante los muertos que mueren en el Señor. Si dice el Espíritu, descansarán de sus trabajos, porque sus obras con ellos siguen. Until 15, Pastor. Hello. Miré y aquí una, una nube blanca y sobre la nube uno sentado semejante al hijo del hombre que tenía en la cabeza una corona de oro y en la mano una hoz aguda y del templo salió otro ángel clamando a gran voz en el que estaba sentado sobre la nube mete tu hoz y ciega porque la hora de cegar ha llegado pues la mies de la tierra Está madura. Amén. Amén. Revelation 14, 6 to 15 says, 
And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth, and the sea, and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because he made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his, of his indignation, and he shall be, and he shall be tormented with fire and bridgestone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest, no, and they have no rest day or night, or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, uh, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a, a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Verse 15. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Amen. Let us also now turn to Revelation 18, Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. Apocalypse 18, verse 4. Sister Laura, please read again 18, verse 4 of Apocalypse. Y oí otra voz del cielo que decía, Salid de ella, pueblo mío para que no seáis partícipes de sus pecados, ni recibáis parte de sus plagas. Amén. Revelation 18.4 And I heard another voice from heaven, saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Amen. Now let us turn to Second Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 12. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 12, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 2, verse 12. Sister Laura, when you're ready, please say amen. Amen. Please read. Second right? Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 12. A fin de que sean condenados 
todos los que no creyeron a la verdad, sino que se complacieron en la injusticia. Amén. Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 12 says, That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Amen. My friends, it goes without saying that the three angels' messages are very, very important for us to understand. For it is within the three angels' messages that we find instruction Instruction that we need to take heed to if we are to stand during uh, these times that uh, we're living in right now, I might add, but for those days and times that are yet to come, who will God find standing through all the persecution and things that are yet to come? Who are those folks who will stand for God Who are those folks who will keep his commandments, no matter what's going on, no matter how much they're being persecuted, no matter how much they're losing their lives? Who are those people that are going to stand, who have taken a stand on God's side for the cause of Christ, to keep all of his commandments, to be obedient to his word? We're going to dig a little deeper right now and learn more about who those people are. Has anyone heard of the word remnant? You don't have to answer. I'm just putting that out there. Um, but the remnant. God has a remnant people who have chosen to stand on the side of God, to follow his commandments, and to proclaim the three angels' messages, to prepare others for the second coming of Jesus Christ. What is a remnant? What is the definition of, of a remnant? Well, there are several definitions of a remnant. Um, one definition is a small remaining quantity of something. In other words, a leftover or the remains of something. That's one definition of a remnant. And remnant is spelled R-E-M-N-A-N-T, remnant. Uh, the Anchor Bible Dictionary says that a remnant is what is left of a community after it undergoes a catastrophe. I'll say that again. The Anchor Bible Dictionary defines remnant as what is left of a community after it undergoes a catastrophe. I'll leave it there. There's, there's one other definition a remnant that I will share with you later on. So let's get into uh, the Bible just a little deeper and just learn a little more about the remnant and what that means. So let's take a look at the three angels' messages. We just read the three angels' messages in the Bible, and what we want to do right now is we want to break it down, or we want to break them down just a little more to get a clear understanding of what the three angels' messages are and what they mean for all of us, especially for those who have been called as a God's remnant to let others know and prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So what is the first angel's message? Let's start with the first angel's message. We just read the first angel's message in Revelation chapter 14, 
verses 6 through 7. I'll read it again. Revelation 14, 6 through 7 says, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. So now this first angel's message has five uh, different characteristics, and we're going to take a look at each one of those characteristics. So the first characteristic of the first angel's message is that it brings the gospel to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Now, it is not an offshoot of some denomination, but a mighty, invincible worldwide movement growing from a small beginning to envelop the earth. So the first characteristic, once again, is that it brings the gospel to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. The second characteristic, it calls men to fear God. Now, we know a message of fearing God is what we need to hear today. In these days and times, there's a message that is really needed today. Amen? The world has lost God, and, uh, you know, from its thinking. And God is calling men away from sin to righteousness, from transgression of his law to obedience. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, Fear God and keep his commandments. So number one, again, was it brings the gospel to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Number two, it calls men to fear God. Number three, it calls men to give glory to God. Now how do we give glory to God? Well, the Bible says in Joshua 7 19, the Bible says we give glory to God when we make confession unto him. We give glory for his uh, truth's sake. And Christ is glorified in his saints. That's from 2 Thessalonians 1 and 10. The saints keep the commandments of God in the faith of Jesus. That comes from Revelation 14 and 12. So number three, it calls men to give glory to God. Number four, it announces the hour of God's judgment. Now, this could not be done unless the time of the judgment were known, right? The investigative judgment is something that we can study a little further later. Some of you may be hearing that for the first time. But the investigative judgment is symbolized by the cleansing of the sanctuary. It began in the year 1844, at the end of the 2300-year period. The hour of his judgment is come. So we have to fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. The judgment is a serious and solemn matter, my friends. The law of God is the standard, and Jesus Christ is our advocate. Amen. Number five, it calls men to worship the Creator. Many of us are worshiping the creation and not worshiping the Creator. We are to worship the Creator. Who is the Creator? God is worthy of worship because He is the Creator. 
worldwide example of his creation. The seventh-day Sabbath is taught in the fourth commandment. We know how important the fourth commandment is. We recite it every morning for our service. But the seventh-day Sabbath, as taught in the fourth commandment, is the sign of the Creator. The fourth commandment, I'll say it again, is the sign of the Creator. So since the Bible record of creation is today denied by many of God's and God's Sabbath, the sign of, of his creatorship has been set aside in the practice of mankind in general. So it is vital that all men everywhere be called to worship the true God and in doing so, accept the sign of his creative uh, power, which again is the seventh day Sabbath, the Sabbath of the fourth commandment. A call to true worship and commandment keeping with demanding teaching of all God's commandments. Now, I'm going to go back to our mission statement and read the second part of the mission statement because I think it, it, uh, it ties into what I just mentioned about being called to worship. Again, this is, our, this is part of our mission statement. The Sacrificial Land Ministries, it says, Our commitment to community service is based on the teachings and examples of Jesus. Jesus sacrificed his life for us throughout the New Testament as it relates to ministry to the needy, poor, and oppressed in our society, those who are suffering physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Jesus sacrificed his life and he died for our sins. Speaking through the prophet Isaiah, God calls everyone to true worship. God calls everyone to true worship. In addition to the weekly corporate worship service, he calls us to community outreach and service. Isaiah 58, 13, which we read earlier, says basically, not doing thine own ways. So, again, it calls men to worship the Creator. Number two. Let's take a look at the second angel's message. We just looked at the first angel's message. We've just broken that down a little bit. We've given you um, five different characteristics. I just gave you five different characteristics of the first angel's message. Once again, number one, it calls the gospel. I'm sorry, it brings the gospel to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Number two, it calls men to fear God. Number three, it calls men to give glory to God. Number four, it announces the hour of God's judgment. Number five, it calls men to worship the Creator. Now let's take a look at the second, at the second angel's message. The second angel's message again is found in Revelation 14:8, and there followed another angel, saying, "Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because he made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication." So now let's take a uh, let's take a look at the characteristics of the second angel's message. Number one, this is mystic Babylon who persecuted the saints. That could be found in Revelation 17, verses 5 and 6. So what is Babylon? Who is Babylon? Who was Babylon? Babylon is called both a great city, which landed over the kings of the earth, and is also called a woman, the mother of harlots as it says in the Bible, in Revelation 14, 8, and 17, 5, and 18. Mystic Babylon is the papacy. 
drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When we are studying the book of Revelation, we should also study the book of Daniel alongside the book of Revelation. But another uh, book that we should tie into our study when it comes to Bible prophecy and things of this nature that we're uh, discussing today, uh, we should also read the book of Matthew, Matthew 24. We've looked at Matthew 24 before. I preached from Matthew 24, and as I read that first characteristic, I am reminded of also Matthew 24. So if you have not read it in a while, I encourage you to go back and read Matthew 24 because it ties in nicely to what we're going through today. Number two, Rome's false doctrines largely came from ancient Babylon. So now let's break that down. Let's unpack that a little bit. It says that the Church of Rome is called Babylon because its religion is a revival of the religion of ancient Babylon. So a careful examination of the ritual of ancient Babylon will reveal that the papacy is largely an adaptation of this ancient pagan system. So that's a key word right there, a pagan, pagan system, pagan. Number three, Babylon is the same power as the little horn of Daniel 7.25. So like the little horn, she persecutes the saints and rules over the kings of the earth. So we just looked at three different characteristics so far of what the second angel's message is trying to bring out and show us. Number one, we said that this is a mystic Babylon who persecuted the saints. Again, it's found in Revelation 17, 5 and 6. Number two, Rome's false doctrines largely came from ancient Babylon. Number three, Babylon is the same power as the little horn of Daniel 7.25. Again, if you have not ever read the, the book of Daniel, after, uh, after our service today, at some point, as soon as possible, I pray that you will go uh, read or reread the book of Daniel. Again, looking at the book of Revelation as well. And that way you can get a better understanding or a clear understanding of what we're talking about today. But again, the point made here is that Babylon is the same power as the little horn of Daniel 7.25. Number four, she is the same as the leopard beast of Revelation 13. So Revelation 13 talks about the leopard beast. This beast is the same as the little horn of Daniel 7.25. So Daniel 7.25 and the leopard beast of uh, Revelation 13 um, uh, complement each other. You'll have to read both of them to see the parallel between the two. Number five, all nations are made drunk with her wine. Mystic Babylon holds a golden cup, and you can read about that in Revelation 17:4 in her hand. So she holds a golden cup in her hand. Ancient Babylon was likened to a golden cup. You can read about that in Jeremiah 51 and 7. All nations are made drunk with her wine. So now, multitudes have been drinking the wine of her false doctrine. When professed Protestant churches repudiate the fundamental principle of Protestantism by setting aside the authority of God's word and accepting tradition, we talked about this before, accepting tradition and man-made laws 
will adopt the principles of modern Babylon and may be regarded as the daughters of Babylon, deliberately choosing to drink of her cup. Another uh, name that you may hear or you may have heard is uh, is called apostate Protestants or, uh, or apostate Protestantism. And that ties into what we just talked about just now. Number six, practically all the world will worship her. And number seven, she, she is scheduled for a final fall. Again, we just unpacked the second angel's message. Now let's take a look at the third angel's message. We read about the third angel's message in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 and 10, which again says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in their presence, in the presence of the holy angels, and in the presence of the Lamb. So what is the third angel's message talking about? Well, number one, it warns against the worship of the beast. So the first angel's message is a call to worship him that made heaven and earth. That is, the creator. Who is the creator? We know who the creator is. The third angel's message warns against worship of the beast, basically. So if we accept the teachings and commandments of the great apostasy above God's word and law, we are essentially worshiping the beast. We are to worship God as our creator. We are to obey his laws over man's laws. If we find that we are obeying man's laws, his teachings, his traditions, and so forth, we are essentially worshiping the beast. And that's something that we do not want to do. We do not want to be found doing it as we reach the end of Earth's history. What's going on in the world right now? I certainly believe that, yes, um, Jesus is coming soon. There's no doubt about that. Some of the events that are happening in our world right now are signs of the end. Um, I believe that what's going on right now, yes, there are serious times, but there are greater tests forthcoming, especially for those who have committed themselves to worship the Creator, to be obedient to God and His Word above man's Word, man's laws, man's traditions. So the third angel's message is very important. All three are important, but it's the third angel's message that is, I would say, the icing on the cake, if you will. So, number one, it warns against the worship of the beast. Number two, it warns against worship of the image of the beast. So, we yield to the pressure of apostate conscientism that enjoins hands with civil power to enforce the mark of the beast. We cannot be judged as true worshipers of the Creator. Number three, it warns against it warns against receiving the mark of the beast. In the last hours of the crisis, the papal mark of Sunday keeping will be enforced by civil law. 
I've shared, uh, some of you have, have read this book. Just a word, I know I shared this book with you. It's called The National Sunday Law. If you haven't started reading the book already, I pray that you will read the book. And it gets into more detail about what we just talked about with the third angel's message. The papal mark of Sunday keeping will be enforced by civil law. God's warning is raised against this mark, and he calls men to worship the Creator. The Sabbath Sunday issue will be clearly drawn. Number four, the warnings of God's wrath upon those who do not heed this warning. Again, I'll say it again. The warnings of God's wrath upon those who do not heed his warning. We can look at Revelation 14. Verses 9 through 10, and Revelation 15, verse 1, as, as well as Revelation 16. So between the wrath of man and the wrath of God, we all must choose. And between obedience to man and obedience to God, the decision must be made clear. Seven fearful plagues are reserved against the awful day of reckoning. So, how may we identify God's remnant the church? Well, there's some characteristics that um, will show what God's remnant, uh, what his remnant church looks like, or his remnant people, uh, what they look like. Number one, it will preach a worldwide judgment hour message. It will preach a worldwide judgment hour message. That can be found in Revelation 14. Six through seven. Again, we're dealing with the three angels' messages. And I hope you're seeing how the three angels' messages are tying in now to last day events, the second coming of Jesus Christ. It will preach a worldwide judgment our message. So Heaven's Great Investigative Judgment, uh, I mentioned that before, Investigative Judgment, began in 19, uh, sorry, 1944. And at that time, God had a people ready to preach that message. The burden was to reach the whole world, and that work is going forward with lightning speed. This message is being proclaimed in more than 700 languages and dialects, and it's being printed in more than 200 languages. Well, just today, here in our service, we have two languages. We have English and we have Spanish, and there are many other languages that are also uh, preaching this message. Number two, it will deliver the message of Mr. Babylon's fall. Again, that comes from Revelation 14 and 8. Number three, it will give the warning against the beast's image and mark. That comes from Revelation 14, 9, and 10. Number four, it urges the worship of the Creator above the beast or image. That's Revelation 14 and 7. Number five, it keeps the commandments of God. It keeps the commandments of God. Revelation 14 and 12. Number six, it keeps and exalts, and exalts the faith of Jesus. Revelation 14 and 12. It believes and holds to the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 12 and 17 says, The dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Revelation 19 and 10 says, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So this is a church of fulfilling prophecy and believing in God's special direction of his people through a latter-day manifestation 
of the gift of prophecy and the writings of the spirit of prophecy. Number eight, it will endure reproach, scorn, and persecution. My friends, that's very important. Yes, we're going through rough times right now, but for the people of God, those who have made the decision to stand on the side of God, there will be reproach, scorn, and persecution. Again, I encourage you to read or reread Matthew chapter 24, along with the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. But here it's saying that it will endure reproach, scorn, and persecution. And specifically, it's mentioned Revelation 12, verse 11. He who keeps God's commandments will meet ridicule at times, and Satan will make war with him. Number nine, it heeds God's voice to come out of Babylon. We read in Revelation uh, chapter 18, verses 1, 2, and 4. I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. So, out of modern Babylon of apostasy, both in Rome and the apostate uh, churches of, of Protestantism, out of confusion, false doctrines, and worldliness, God is calling his people. Out of confusion, false doctrines, and worldliness, God is calling his people. And number 10, it will work and wait for Christ's return. Since God ordained sacrificial land ministries four years ago, our mission has been to prepare everyone for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we've just taken a look at the characteristics of God's remnant church, of God's remnant people. It says here, it will work and wait for Christ's return. So those who um, who agree and adhere to everything I've just gone over this morning and this afternoon are committed to waiting for and getting the word out about Jesus Christ's second return. They will keep the commandments of God, the faith of Jesus, and they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. My friends, it goes without saying, Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready for Jesus' second coming? I pray that you are. And if you're not ready, I pray that you will be ready. Jesus can come right now as I'm speaking. We don't know when he's coming. But the mission that we have at Sacrificial Land Ministries is to be ready and to prepare others for the second coming of Jesus Christ. I said to you earlier that there was another definition or another part of the definition of a remnant. In this case, I'm going to speak about God's remnant church. And here is the definition. A visible, historical, organized body 
characterized by obedience to the commandments of God and possession of a unique in-time gospel proclamation. Sacrificial Land Ministries was a part of that movement. I pray that the message today was a blessing to you. I pray that you will continue to support us. I pray that you will continue to walk alongside of us as we uh, fulfill or try to fulfill with God's grace, with God's help, as we try to fulfill the mission that he has given us. And that is, once again, I can't say it enough, to prepare everyone for the second coming of Jesus Christ. There's a song that we sing as we close our service today. And it ties in beautifully to our message today. We are to lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Let us prepare to sing that song right now. Hymn number 115. Hymn number 115. Lift up the trumpet. Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing. Jesus is coming again. Coming again, coming again. Jesus is coming again. Let's go until tops. Proclaim it, he claims, Jesus is coming again. Coming in glory, the land that was slain, Jesus is coming again. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. Sound it, old ocean, in each mighty way. Jesus is coming again. Break on the sands of the shores that he laid. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. Coming again. Jesus is coming again. Evens of earth tell the vast ones are thrown. Jesus is coming again. Tempest and whirlwinds, the anthem prolong. Jesus is coming again. Coming again, coming again. Jesus is coming again. Nations are angry, by this we do know. Jesus is coming again. Knowledge increases, men run to and fro. Jesus is coming again. Coming again, coming again. Jesus is coming again. Amen. My friends, do you believe that Jesus is coming again? I sure do. Even though I preach about it every week, still I see the 
signs. I see the things that are going on around us every day. We know that our time here on earth is short. We don't know when Jesus is coming. Again, he can come right now as we, as we, as we gather together. He can come tomorrow. He can come next hour. We just don't know. Let Jesus find us ready. Let Jesus find us uh, holy, sinless. Let Jesus find us transformed in, into his image. Jesus is coming again. Our time is short. The Bible says that Satan knows he has but a short time. Satan is doing everything he can right now as we speak to break down God's people, to turn us away from God, to keep us busy, 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 so that we do not keep his commandments as we should, so that we do not serve him as we should. Yes, we have well, we all have good intentions. We all have um, intentions that we want to serve God. We want to help others. Yes, we all do. Or, I should say, many of us do. But it always seems like something happens. Something always happens. Whenever we try to serve God, um, something always happens, whatever it may be. Maybe our work schedules get in the way. You know, as we say, life happens, and that's true. But let us continue to look up. Let us continue to look forward. Let us continue to uh, prepare for Jesus' second coming. We do not have 120 years as Noah and, his, and the people did back in Noah's day. God gave them 120 years to get it right. He used Noah as, uh, as his messenger, so to speak. And we know the story. Only a small number of people were saved when the earth was destroyed by the flood. And when the earth is destroyed again, when sin is eradicated for eternity, sin will be destroyed, wickedness will be, uh, will be destroyed by fire. We do not have 120 years, my friends. We do not know how much time we have. Let us prepare now. Let us stand for the cause of Christ now. Let us stand on God's side now while we still have time. Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Will you be found in that remnant? God has a remnant people to get this message out, to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Those people who are, um, who are obedient to his commandments, are you one of those people? I pray that you are. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your many blessings. Thank you so much once again for the opportunity to share your message with your people today. I pray that everyone on this line has received a special uh, blessing from this message today. Let us go out now. Let us go out into the highways, into the hedges, and share this message of your son's second coming with others. Let us not be found on the side of the enemy when Jesus comes. Let us be found on your side, crying and sighing for those who need to hear this message, those who have not made a decision serve you and serve you entirely. 
Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. For the only wise God, our Savior, in glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. This concludes our Sabbath worship service for June 20th, 2020. So glad that you all were on the line with us today. I pray that you will have a blessed day or the rest of your Sabbath day. I pray that you will have a blessed week. And, and I hope that you will be with us next time as we come together next Sabbath, uh, next Sabbath morning here at the same number at 1100 or 11 o'clock. I was using military time. At 11 o'clock next Sabbath morning, God willing, and God bless you.